0: We're in a series called Plug-In, and uh, we've been in this series for, uh, it seems like, the, uh, since the beginning of the year. And, um, and so we're just really excited about what God is talking about, being intentional, being intentional to get plug-in spiritual growth. And, you know, in, it, intentionality is the key. You know, a plug is not going to find its way into an outlet on its own. Someone's got to pick it up, and they've got to plug it. And, uh, and, and so that's what we're talking about, in spiritual growth, it, it, it's just not gonna happen. You're not gonna fall into uh, spiritual growth by accident. You hear me? It, you, you've gotta be intentional. You, you've gotta, you have to plug in, and we've been talking about different things But the last few weeks. You know, we've been talking about being plugged into spiritual growth, being plugged into quiet time with God, being plugged in into caring and, 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 and caring for the, the community, for your lost community, people that don't know Jesus. We talked about that last week. We talked about, you know, what it means to connect into your sweet spot. You know, what, what it is that you need to connect with your spiritual giftings and, and to serve. And uh, we've been talking about all these different things. And it's so important, and all of it is so important. Today, I want to talk about plugging in into prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, and we're going to unpack, you know, as, uh, as best as I can. I did it in the first service, so I should do it again in the second service. But you know, as, as I thought of this idea of, of of talking about prayer and fasting in one message, um, I, I thought it could be done in one message, and I, I pulled it off. Okay, but you know, I really could spend more time on it. and really can. And um, but I thought, you know, today, you know, 12 years of Laypoint, we just really never talk about fasting. We talk about prayer all the time, but fasting wasn't something that we really talk about. And and, and, and it's something that I wanna introduce a little bit and have some common language and some understanding, Some like a fasting one-on-one, okay? And for some of you, you know what it is. Many of you are like, what, what is fasting? And, and, and for some of you are really nervous, because they're afraid that maybe the takeaway is that we all fast for the next three months, and I I promise you, that's not gonna happen today, okay? I promise we're not doing that, you know? I just wanna introduce the idea of what fasting is, maybe a teaching a little bit what it is, but I wanna talk about prayer first, and then we'll talk about fasting, we need to understand what that is. We need to understand what prayer and fasting is all about. I wanna look here, as we start in the scripture, Luke chapter 11, verse number one. The Bible says that one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. We don't know where, but he was praying. And when he was done, when he was finished, one of his disciples had said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples, they have been hanging out with Jesus for quite some time now and they have seen some incredible, incredible stuff, some amazing things that Jesus has done. They've seen Jesus take a few bread and fish, a couple of fishes, and, and multiplied it to feed 5,000 people. They've seen Jesus you know, spit into the mud, spit into the ground and make mud pies and put it on someone's eyes, and that person was healed. They've seen Jesus through all these things, and here's what's crazy. Never once in the scripture do we see the disciple ask Jesus how he did it on any one of these miracles. You know, never once did they say, man, Jesus, that whole spitting in the mud thing, that was kinda cool. Can you show us how he's done? You know, never did they say, man, you fed all those people. Can you show us the secret? behind that miracle? But here's what we do see, and here's what they did say, is that when they saw Jesus prayed, there was something about him praying to his heavenly Father. And they said, man, Jesus, wow. You have to teach us how to pray. And I, I don't know what they saw. But you had to know that it was intimate, it was relational, it was supernatural, it it was holy. And there was something that they saw that made them jump up and they said, man, Jesus, you have to show us, okay? You have to show us how to pray. Uh, And Jesus did, he taught them. He taught them how to pray and he used a passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 6 that model prayer. And many of us are familiar with it. And in fact, most of us, we know this as the Lord's Prayer. And then some of us, we have it memorized. And to some of you, you have it so memorized that this is the this is the only way you pray. You pray this prayer every day, and, I, and I'm just here. Just, listen, that's a great, I'm glad you know this by, my, by heart. I think it's great to, to bring things to memory. But this is not what Jesus intended for us to pray, word for word. He set this up as a model, or a blueprint, so to speak, of how we can pray. And, and So today I wanna unpack from principles, five things that we see from Jesus and how we should pray based on the Lord's Prayer. I, I wanna look at it, let's read it together. Matthew chapter six, I read in Bible says in verse nine, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. He didn't say this is what you should pray, this is how you should pray. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debt as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And that's, that's the Lord's prayer. That's the Lord's prayer. God gives to us and here's the gift. I'm going to show you how to get plugged in into prayer. So five things that Jesus teaches us how we can seek God in prayer. And all five things are so important when we pray. Number one, if you're taking notes, we seek God, we seek God's presence with a worshipful heart. With a heart of worship, we seek his presence. Verse number nine, it starts off, the prayer starts off with the first two words. I wanna just kind of break it down for a minute. But it starts off, and I love how it starts off. It starts off saying, our Father, our Father. We, we started our prayer recognizing that we are his and he is mine. Well, we're not coming to, to God like a slave to a king, but like a child to a father. Jesus said when you talk to God, you're constantly identifying yourself as a child of God we can go to God confidently because we belong to Him. And He said, our Father in heaven. And as we worship our Father, we, we align in ourselves in the world. We see where He is in heaven. We recognize that God is mine and I am His, and He is also in heaven. He is only a breath away from me, but He is also the creator of the universe. He is a big God. He he is in a place of adoration. He is in a place of worship. He is in control. He is sovereign. He is calling the shot. He is running the show. In fact, he is the star of the show. Newsflash, you're not the star of the show. You say, oh God, he's a great God, and I'm not so great. God, God is the center, and I'm not the center. And God is above all things. I'm not above anything. God, God is worthy of all praise. I'm not worthy of any praise. He's the one. God is the one who's calling the shots. And I'm not calling it. You see, prayer should help us to realize that God is big and we are small. If you're taking notes, here's the thought. It's to bring us, prayers to bring us into a place of humility. But we recognize that we are his, and he is in heaven. And that he's a big God. I'm nothing. It, it, it leads us into a place of humility and awe and wonder. And it's just a, it's just a holy reverence to who God is. And, and it says, Our Father, and it says in verse 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Holy be your name. The word hallowed, holy, it means to be set apart. And what Jesus, Jesus is teaching the disciples is that when you, when you pray, when you, when you come to the Father, you need to recognize that He is holy, that He is pure, that He is set apart. And so many times, right, we forget about that, don't we? We forget about it. We forget that God's holy because, you know, we get so busy and wrap up in our own little world, and we think that everything else is going on is more important. So we think, right? But the reality is that when you're spending time in prayer with God, we have to seek his presence with this heart of worship. And I want you to think about this for just a second. We have the opportunity, when we pray, we have the opportunity to, to worship the creator of the universe. He is holy, he is all-powerful, he's in control, he's sovereign, he's big, and we are small, and so many times we get busy in life, and we think everything revolves around us, and we forget about him. And so when we come to prayer, we come to him with humility and say, God, I am nothing, and you are everything. We come to him like a child to a father. And so we have to intentionally seek his presence. Seek his presence, here's the second thought if you're taking notes, while we plug into prayer, we must seek God's priorities over our own. Seek God's priorities over our own priorities. I heard a story about a little boy, um, he got in trouble. Mama, Mama sent him to bed early without any dessert. And so the little boy, he goes to the bedroom, he kneels down to pray, and, and he said, Lord, now I lay, my, I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake, God, please save me some chocolate cake. I think sometimes when we pray, a lot of us, when we pray, I think a lot of times we're always asking for chocolate cakes. We're always asking about what we want, what we need. When we pray, sometimes it's all about me, my priorities, my agenda. It's about, hey, God, I I need a raise. God, I need a new car. God, I I need a new job. God, I need you to fish him. I need you to fish her. Don't fish me. Uh-uh, this him, <laughs> it's her and There's the thing: when we come to God in prayer, it should be all to be about Him. It's always about Him; it's never about us. It has nothing to do with us. It's all about what He wants to do today. And the Bible says in verse number ten, "Your kingdom come; Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." We we start to ask the question: Where is it that that? He want us to work. Where is it that He want us to go? What are His priorities for me? And so many times we come to Him, and we, we treat prayer, we treat prayer like it, prayer is a cosmic vending machine. You know what I'm talking about, the vending machines, you know, you, you, get, you want that bag of potato chips, and you push B12. You know, and it starts to sh- crank. And that ba- bag of potato chips, it, it, it comes out, but it smashes against the window. And there's a little sign that says, don't tip, because tipping calls death, right? But what do you do anyway? You're tipping it, right? You're tipping it, you're shaking it, because it costs you a dollar to get that chip, and you're not going to let someone else take that chip, you know? And so you're, you're shaking it. And sometimes this what we do with God. We say, God, this is what I want, and we start shaking it like he's a cosmic vending machine. We think that's what prayer is. Say a prayer, man, he's going to deliver it to you. He's going to send it to you. And if it gets stuck halfway down, you can shake it out. But in prayer, we've got to come to him with the realization that life is not about us. It's about him. We have to seek his priorities over mine. At the end of the day, we are taking note. We have to ask God how we can be engaged with his ultimate mission. That's about finding his mission, his plan. And say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. When we pray, we say, God, I want what, I want what you want done. I want in on you, on your plans. Your will be done, not mine. And when we're to prayer i pray that we start seeking god and start seeking god's priorities over mine here's the third thing that jesus teaches us in our prayers is that we must seek god's provision for your daily needs listen there is a place for you to bring your request to god it starts with you know his plans and say god here's Your plan. Here's your agenda, God. Here's my needs. This is my need for today. You know, oftentimes we get stressed out about things three weeks, three months, three years from now. We get stressed out, and God said, "Listen, I will provide for what you need today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about three weeks, three months from now. Worry about. Hey, focus on me." Today in Genesis chapter twenty-two, a name of God is introduced and it's called Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, which means that He is my provider. He is my provider. God is our provider, and so many times I think that we forget that God is our provider. We forget that God's our provider. We think that Walmart's our provider. We think McDonald's our provider. We think, listen, we think our jobs. We think their job provides. And when we come to God in prayer, we have to come to Him in a place where we understand that He, and He alone, is our provider. That everything that we have, that everything that we own, is because Jehovah Jireh he has provided for us. And so when we're praying, we have to understand that and we have to come to Him with our daily needs. You might ask God specifically and say, God, man, you know, my marriage is broken. My marriage is direct. God, I need you to come in and, and, and to help this marriage. God, I'm struggling financially. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bill today. God, I tr- I'm coming to you. God, I seek you provision to show me a way and to provide. God, I'm struggling with this health issue, and I need your help. We seek God today for our daily bread, for our needs. God supplies our needs. Not our wants. I'm sure we have a list of wants. We can go to those, you know, but God's gonna take care of our needs before our walks. Our needs, and so we come to Him as a part of your prayer. We recognize that He is Jehovah Jireh. We plug into prayer number four. We must seek God's pardon for your sins. We must seek God's pardon. Verse number twelve, and He said, "Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors." This, this is the part where we come to God and we ask for forgiveness of the sins in our lives. And for some of you, that's a once-a-week prayer. For others, it might be an every two-minute prayer. I don't know. But, you know, you, 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 it's coming down. It's literally falling down before God and saying, God, I need your forgiveness. And you name that sin. You Name it. And so I got too embarrassing to name it. Well, The best way to face it is to name it and give it to God. Hey, you're not holding no secret from God. He knows. So name your sin and take it before God. The Bible says that God, he will forgive us of our sins. He is faithful. He is just. First John chapter 1 verse 9. He will forgive us of our sins. I love that new song we sang today. Y'all enjoy that song? Man, I love it. I've been listening to that song for the last month. Gets me fired up. So I'll never forget what he's done. When we get to prayer, it reminds us we never forget what he's done. My sins are forgiven. My future is in heaven. I praise God for all he has done. I'll never forget. You see, when I pray, when I get to prayer, When I ask God forgiveness of sin, when we seek God's forgiveness, if you're taking notes, it anchors us to what he's done. It anchors us to the reality of the cross. Every time you pray, you should think about the cross and thank God for what he's done. Number five, when we pray, we need to seek God's power to overcome temptation, to overcome temptation. The Bible says to lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one, which is Satan's real. You know, for some of us, we think Satan is in some red suit carrying around a pitchfork, but he's the real deal. He's dangerous. He is not what we think in our mind and what Hollywood has portrayed him to be. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your family. He wants you to be hooked. He wants you to get addicted. He wants to destroy everything that's good in your life. He wants to ruin your testimony. That's why he's here. Uh, we have to come to God. We have to pray in the middle, in the middle of our temptations. We need to pray and ask God. Say, God, I am weak. God, I need your supernatural power to walk away from your temptation. Singles, you know, you at a date, and you find yourself in a compromising situation, and say, God, I'm weak. God, I need your strength. I need your supernatural power to be strong and to stand in the situation to make the right choices. Mom, you're gonna be at home. You're gonna be doing the cooking, right? And the, and the kids, they're trying to do their homework. And they spilled the lemonade and they're all over their papers. And they're gonna be jumping from couch to couch. They're gonna be screaming, they're gonna be loud. They're gonna be grabbing a belt, they're gonna be swinging from the ceiling fan, and you are gonna do everything it takes to just blow up. And in that moment, you say, God, please help me not to lose it. I need your strength. I need your supernatural power. I'm weak. And ask God to give you the power to overcome temptation. And to overcome that temptation, let me read this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. Like, underline that, a way out. He will provide a way out so that you can endure it. When you're tempted, he will provide a way out. How many of you remember the video game Pac-Man? Come on now. All right. How many of you, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Some of you young hipsters, you know, have no idea, okay, Pac-Man, it, it, you know what, timeless, I think you can still find it, you know, I, you know, you go into, uh, you know, Dave and Buster's, you know, I think you can still find Pac-Man, I mean, it's classic, right, and you got the classic uh, video game screen right behind me, and, uh, and then you see Pac-Man, the goal for Pac-Man is to gobble up all the dots, okay, you got the little ones, you got the big ones, and then you got four ghosts, and they actually have a name, I forgot the name, but that's their name, and uh, I, I think Pinky, am I right? Pinky, Linky, or something like that. I, I, okay, I got some. I've got some Pac-Man fans out there. Okay, they not, and and, uh, and so and their goal is to get the Pac-Man. All right, and, and so you know, you first get it out. You know, you got a lot of space to roam around. And you're trying to gobble up all the all the dots, and and then the ghosts start coming out one by one, and they start chasing down, and finally, before you know it. You feel feeling trapped. You feel like, oh man, I'm, I'm busted here. I've got no way out. But I love this video game. They give you a way out. Look, on the side of the screen, right in the middle, you see the tunnels. You know they're coming down for you. You're coming out. And you got nowhere to go, and you go out the side of the screen, and you pop on the other side. You see that's how God works. Listen. You have a temptation, you're, you're, you're struggling. <laughs> and it's coming down at you yeah, as hard as possible. You've got the ghosts of sins, the sin, they're chasing you down. They want you to mess up. Satan wants to mess you up. And you feel trapped. And in that moment, you say, God, I need your supernatural power. I need a way out. And God will give you a Pac Man way out. He'll give you a way out, he gives give you a plan. Now, listen, it's not going to be easy. You still have to make the choices. But the, you know, victory doesn't come easy. You have to ask God, and God will give you the strength, God will give you the courage, the boldness, to make the stand and to take away. way out. He will provide that for you. And so when praying, when we're plugging into prayer, you got five different ways in this model of prayer. Listen, let me just kind of get practical for you. You know, as you're praying, you might address all five of these points. And for the, a lot of you, this is easy for you. You've already had the, the blueprint memorized. Just expand the blueprint. You know, when you start praying, to our Father in heaven. so God, okay. You are amazing. You're awesome. You are, you are holy. And I'm just reminding myself who I am. And you're seeking his presence. And there's power in that. Sometimes we just kind of jump right into the knees. God, I need this, I need that. And we kind of skip, you know, God's presence. We kind of skip over God's priorities. You know, but, you know so you might, in your prayer, you might address all five in one sitting. There's nothing wrong with breaking it up. You might be on the road, headed to a very important meeting. And you say, God, I, I need... I, I want to seek your priorities in this situation. I want to whatever you want, I want. Give me the wisdom to make the right decision. That might be the prayer as you're walking into a meeting. Or you're in that temptation. You know, you're in the middle of it. I mean, you're struggling. I mean, it, it, it's, it's happening real time. You know, you're like, okay, God, I need a way out. God, I need your power. I need your strength to get me out of this. That might be what you pray for. I encourage you to make sure that when you pray in conversation with God, that you do address all five. Don't just be stuck on one point the whole time. Make sure you, you know, in your prayer throughout the day, throughout the week, encompass all five thoughts. Now, listen, I get it. Prayer prayer is not easy. Prayer can be a challenge. You know, we can get so busy in our world that we just don't have time to pray. Listen, if you're too busy to pray, you're you're, you're too busy not to pray. You need to pray. You need to set aside a time, and God will honor. Listen, God will honor your time in prayer. Now, let's, let's talk real quick. got a few minutes left about fasting. Fasting. It's Karen's birthday today, all right? One thing that we're not doing is fasting, okay? <laughs> we're going to take her out to dinner today, all right? It's good. But fasting is, um, is uh, uh, I call it prayers on two voice. All right? It's a whole other level. And to be honest with you, it's not something I have done a lot over my life. And I'm not saying that's wrong. You know, and, and for some, I know, that they fast periodically. And so there's not a wrong way or a right way, you know, and how much time you should do it, there's some that would do 21 days, or some that do 40 days, or some that do one afternoon, or one day, or a couple of days. And, and, and so I don't want you to get far down in the semantics, I want you to get the heart of it, the heart of it. What, what, let me give you the definition, a definition for fasting. Is, uh, is this, Biblical fasting is refraining from food for a certain period of time for a spiritual purpose. Fasting, refraining from food for a certain period of time for a spiritual purpose. All right, now let, let me show you what it's not. You know, we need to understand that fasting is not just going without food for a certain period of time. That's just, that's just dieting, okay? Um, Fasting is not starving to make a political statement. That's a hunger strike. Uh, Fasting is not just for monks in the monasteries or for pastors and uh, and priests. No, it's for every believer, every believer. And so biblical fasting is refraining from food for a certain period of time for a spiritual purpose. Now, Jesus addressed this in that same passage right after the Lord's Prayer. He talks about this. Pick up on it, verse number 16. He's talking to the disciples. He said, now when you fast, when you decide to refrain food for a spiritual purpose, he said, do not look somber as the hypocrite do, for they like to disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. He said, but when you fast, You're gonna put oil on your head and you're gonna wash your face. And you say, no, that's weird, Scott. What's that all about? Uh, Well, let me just tell you what happened. The Pharisees, they wanted to show off their super, super spirituality. And the way they do that, they would fast. But they wanted to be known that they were fasting without having to say that they were fasting. And so what they would do is they they would not take a bath. And so the Pharisees walking around town and, and you smell, you got a whiff of them and you're like, oh man, that's not terrible. And you know that they're fasting. That was the idea. You fast, you don't take a shower, you don't bathe yourself, you don't put you don't you don't put put shampoo, you don't wash your hair. You just get you become stinky. You put some, you know, you know, put some uh, ashes, you know, on your face, you know, maybe even wear a sackcloth. And you want, you want to get out there. You want people to see how spiritual you are. If Jesus is saying, if, if that's how you're going to roll, that's your reward. You're going to get people to say, ooh, you're cool. That's awesome. You know, you're super, super spiritual. And that's it. That's all, that's all you're going to get for your rewards. Now, Jesus is saying, you know, when fast, put oil on your head. Guys, go, go ahead and bathe yourself. You know, to so wash your face. Get cleaned up. You don't need to make a spiritual statement, fashion statement, that you're fasting. He says, verse number 18, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father, who is unseen, and your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. And so, fasting, I, I, I just, listen, I just want to get some common language, you know, my takeaway today is not, like I said, it's not, well, we're not gonna go. we're not gonna have a fasting, event, but I want us to prepare because there might be a time, there might be a place for individual fasting as well as corporate community fasting. Let me give you some thoughts on when we should fast. And I'm not going to read all these scriptures. I just don't have time for it. But uh, when the odds are against you, when the odds are against you. Now back in in November, um, our, the pandemic and, 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 and the covid was really just take we just taking a hit Our church was just kind of gone through it, and uh several people that were just fighting for their life and and, and people that were just you know and it was just it was widespread and and i brought it to the staff and said listen our church staff said, listen we're gonna work I'm gonna, we're going to fast. My wife and I are going to fast for a couple of days. And I did invite anybody, I didn't mandate it to the staff, but I said, I invite you to join us, if you would. And, and everyone did. And we fast. We didn't, we didn't publicize it. We didn't say, hey, we're out here fasting for you. But the odds were against us. I just felt that was an appropriate time for us to fast. And we fast for a couple of days praying for our church, praying for our community, praying for the pandemic, praying for God to remove this sickness, this disease from us. Another time for a fasting might be when you're beginning a new endeavor, a new mission, a new calling. God called call you to, you know, a, a new place of ministry or a new job. Um, and after good time. God, I, I want wisdom. I'm going to fast for a day. I'm going to fast for a week. Whatever that is, okay? Uh, number three, when I need a major breakthrough, it's an appropriate time for a fast. How do you fast? There's three words there's an absolute fast, there's a normal fast, and there's a partial fast. I'm going to talk about absolute fast. Th- this is where you have no food or water. This is very rare in Scripture, and I suggest if you do this, you only do it with medical supervision and you do it for a very short time, okay? Um, so that's an absolute fast. But what you see more in common are the next two fasts. The normal fast is mentioned many times, and it's no food for a period of time, but lots and lots of water, okay? And so there's that fast, that's a normal fast. But a partial fast is also mentioned several times in scripture, and it could be a a partial amount of time. It could be like a sunrise to sunset. You saw that on uh, the Jewish holiday, Yom Kippur. What it called the Day of Atonement. And the whole nation of Israel would fast and mourn over their sin from sunrise to sundown for 12 hours. And then they would eat after, you know, after sundown. And, uh, and so that was appropriate. And so you could also, as a partial fast, choose different types of food. Daniel, um, if you remember Daniel, he did something for 21 days uh, where he did not eat meat sugar and wine, and he did that for three weeks. He ate vegetables, he drank lots of water, and, and that's what God caused him to do that for that specific purpose in his life. You might just go without wheat for a month or for a week. Um, you might do a liquid fast. Some might miss breakfast and lunch. You focus more on the Lord during those times, and then you have a dinner, you eat one meal, all right? Now, let me give you some caution. Some of you, medically speaking, you may not be able to fast from food. And, and that's okay. God still loves you the same. So if that's the case, if you say no, I can't do it medically, you know, for, for specific medical reasons, then I would encourage you to find a different way of fast, like a media fast. You know, you can say, you know what, I'm gonna, be, I'm, gonna take a, I'm gonna fast from digital media for a week or from television or a social media fast. Take a month off. And I know some of you have done that. And say, no, I'm taking a month off so I can spend more time focusing on God. And so listen, I, I bring all this because I think it's important to talk about fasting. And, and, and as you plug into prayer, God may lead you into fasting, whether it's one day, seven days, 21 days, 40 days. There's no rules on that. That's where the Holy Spirit of God can direct you and lead you in, the, in that pattern, in that way of thinking. So um, what's the takeaway? The takeaway, my takeaway for you, as we close, is to pray. Make prayer a matter of importance in your life. It is so easy to miss prayer. When we don't pray, we're saying to God, God, I don't need you. I'm depending on myself. But when we plug into prayer, we recognize who we are in the world as we seek his presence. We, we, we see his priorities, and we're looking for his priorities over mine. When we pray, we're, we're, we're praying for the provision that he, only God can provide, that he can provide for us. When we pray, we're praying for God's pardon and forgiveness of sin. And when we pray, we're seeking his power. I challenge you to take away, to stop praying. 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. Pepper through the day with through popcorn prayers. I call them popcorn prayers. But make sure you have some time alone. And throughout the day, your focus is on God, as a child of God. Go to him. God leads you to fasting, you know, awesome. Listen, we can help you more with that. I'd like to unpack that in a future series on um, what that is. You know, but if if maybe there's something going on in your life, it's just, God, this whole idea of fasting is something I need to do this week or this month. If you need help and guidance, or staff, me and my staff, we we can help you with that. We'll give you some tools and some more thoughts on it. But the takeaway is prayer. Pray. God, we ask you to help us. Just like you taught the disciples how to pray, God, I pray that we have a burning desire to pray as well. God, I know that the temptation is so easy for us. It's so so easy for us to forget about it or not have time for it. God, sometimes when we do make the time, we're, we're not in our best frame of mind. We're tired. We fall asleep. We get distracted about other things. God, I pray you help us to make prayer so important, essential, that we stay plugged in into the true power source, which is you. In Jesus' name.